0: Multiformity, noun, the quality of being made of many different elements, forms, kinds or individuals. Join me, Makibe Garraway, as I explore the what's, why's and how to's of home education. Hello, and a very, very warm welcome to episode three of the Multiformity podcast. I'm your host, Makibe Garraway. Our guest today is Umport Mackenzie. She is a singer, a composer, and a home-educating mum of three uh, who lives in South London. She has worked with some of the industry's biggest names, performing alongside people like Miss Dynamite, Eska. Not only do I have an amazing conversation for you to listen to about all things home ed related, um, but I also have not one, but two musical treats for you as well. You're going to hear Mpul talk about each of her three children, including Ray, her eldest daughter, and today's interlude track. Um, was written to Ray and for Ray. So um, when you listen to the interlude, please listen very carefully because it's a very, very personal track and it's very beautiful. It really just felt like fate uh, that this interview even came about. Like when I launched the show, I put out feelers in the local um, homemade community, like via a mailing list with a short blurb about what the the show is about. And I got a reply from Mpo saying that she really just felt compelled to reach out and connect. I came home, told my husband and um, long story short, it turns out that he used to sound engineer for her 20 years ago. Um, and we have loads of mutual friends, but somehow, I don't know, our paths have just never crossed. We just hadn't ever met. It was just such an amazing conversation. Like Both of us came away like, oh yeah, this, this was good. So let me see, what does our conversation touch on in this episode? Well, uh, class, race, elitism and educational choice, delighting in the many teachable moments that are available to us when we home educate, deschooling, how difficult and unexpectedly long this period can be, um, you know, it, it can take a while sometimes to undo a child's muted enthusiasm for learning um, through their school experience. We talk about fitting home ed into a creative and alternative lifestyle and the importance of connecting with nature, especially when you're living in an inner city area. Without further ado, um, open up your eyes, your ears, and your minds as you listen and uh, learn from Umpo Mackenzie. So um, if you don't mind just introducing um, firstly yourself and um, your husband and your three children, the mm-hmm. three lovely children to us so we can learn a little bit about them.
1: So um, Josh is my husband and I have three children, one's 17, her name's Aray, a 10-year-old called Luca and a 7-year-old called Aria and they are all completely different Mm. and we are all a little bit bonkers that's good (laughs) no it is
0: it is good (laughs) it's it's good to have unique children I think you don't want them to all just be following the the tribe and you know doing their own thing which is completely and of course you are both creative so I kind of wouldn't expect anything less yeah
1: even but even still it's it can be difficult I think even it's in this kind of homeschooling journey as well yeah to to really make sure that you maintain that in mm. the kids do you know what I mean and that what like... their
0: unique personalities yeah, yeah. and yeah. then also
1: despite it being one of the reasons why we want to do this like yeah.
0: yeah is there sometimes a clash of personalities or one? um gel
1: kind of we've got quite a small flat so it's not like there's always a room to kind of be separate all the time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the two younger ones I teach together quite a lot and trying to make sure that I maintain their interests as well as the, their levels
0: yeah
1: um, can can be quite difficult at times, um, but no, they get on really well actually. They all get on really, really well. It's so nice to see we're isn't a family in it, innit, though. Like, yeah. So, we do have our kids bickering.
2: <laughs> wow, get out of my room! Not right now, like, <laughs> you know, that
0: stuff, yeah, excellent. And, and so, like, how long have you been home educated?
1: So, it's been two years now, almost two exactly. Years.
0: And tell us um, kind of about just rewind a little bit like, what was the journey to get there? What were the triggers? What happened? What were you reading? What kind of led into that decision? <laughs>
1: So it's been, a, it's been a, actually a lot longer coming than I realised until, um, even up until recently, like I recognised how soon I felt dissatisfied mm. with the education system. So obviously there's a big gap between our oldest yes. and um, our younger two. Mm. And initially we didn't even send her to state school in the first place. So she went to like a Steiner
0: Oh, kindergarten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: um she stayed there and didn't go into year didn't go into reception and in, in year 1 immediately mm-hmm. of primary school. Mm-hmm. So already I felt like I need like there was an alternative. Yeah. It wasn't as conscious as as I am now about why, but um yeah, that was it. It just felt like the right thing to do at the time. And <clears throat> Um, even then I'd get people a bit like, well, shouldn't she be in school already and mm. shouldn't she? And it was a bit like, well, no, she shouldn't. She what age should did be. the Steiner go up to? The Steiner, the actual school went up to 13. Okay. But she stayed until 6 and they didn't start doing any kind of academic study of any kind until 7. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, yeah, she stayed until she was 6. And, and then, did she enjoy it? Yeah, that's she loved it. Yeah. And it was a really nice one. It was in Streatham and it had... Um, this huge field and trees mm. and they would just literally spend half of the day just running up and down in the field i would pick her up and she'd just be like ruddy cheeked nice. and hair all over the place and covered in mud and she's exactly just like exactly and I just was like oh my gosh look like yeah. she's just had such a great day yeah um and it kind of eases so, yeah. the transition I
0: guess from leaving them if you know that they're out yeah
1: exactly doing amazing exactly things. and so much imagination and fairies in the trees and little Mm. gnomes and just Mm. kind of lots of imaginative play which was really great um it's so funny because
0: this is another thing we have in common we went to when our now four-year-old was like i don't know still in the sling maybe nine months old we went to look at our local steiner school which was greenwich Mm. and um there was so much about it that i loved so much about it you know the school was lovely um some things rang a few alarm bells for us. Like, um, I think with musical instruments, they were only, really, which is obviously a strong thing for us, yeah. you know, a yeah. music background. But they were only allowed to choose a string instrument to play, and it had to okay. be viola, violin, or cello. Oh right. Yeah, I know. We were like, mm, why's that? And they said it was because, like, the temperaments. Um, the teachers would assess the temperament of the child and allocate an instrument according to.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we got out before All that of kind of stuff really kicked in. We did have a little bit of an issue because Ray. Just of her own, complete her own like choice. Just started reading. Reading,
0: of course. And then they don't. Yeah, and like they it were like,
1: before. "No, you shouldn't really." And I was a bit like,
0: uh, "But she wants no. to. <laughs> she wants to." <laughs>
1: yeah. And I can't stop her. We're on the bus, and she's reading every sign around her exactly. and every like. Exactly. It's, it's completely a choice that she's made, and I'm gonna support her in that. Like,
0: yeah. Um, so what did you say to that? Like, uh,
1: that's what I told them. Yeah. <laughs> but and and then um and then it just got a bit expensive and Mm. and I think that's one of my biggest issues with the education system in general is that if you want any kind of alternative it's going to cost you yeah one way or another it's going to cost you and I don't really have an issue with it costing me I have an issue with what that sets up in terms of how education becomes elitist sure and how that Means people have to. People are distinguished in their education and in their ability to access a broader education by what they can afford. And I have a real issue with that. Yeah. And I see it manifest in the schools. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You see it manifest in the the schools. Yeah, for stunted children or from a particular background. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, but even in state schools, you see how that is affected by you know how house properties are affected. And if you can't buy a property to live in a particular area, you don't get to go to yeah. that particular school and yeah. Yeah. you know really. so yeah there's all of that but
0: we, we then also did some um, reading into Rudolf Stein himself and he had some really
1: crazy yeah. ideas yeah
0: <laughs> the, worst, the worst I can't even remember all of them but one of them was that if you were good in a past life because he believed in reincarnation, then you would be born again with a lighter skin, and if you were bad, you would be born with a darker Are you skin, serious? and you move up the evolutionary I scale. Be... What I know, I, I did like, not know that. I know, I know. <laughs> So as soon as I read that I was like, Oh no, I can't oh, no, unread it. I can't unread it. No, I, I can't send the can't, kids. Yeah. You
1: know? I'll be looking for the symbols everywhere yeah. Yeah, no, that's I didn't was, I had no idea crazy, about yeah. that.
0: And but as I said, there was so much I loved about it. And the definitely the feel in the school was nice and you know, the kids' handwriting for the older kids was beautiful and they still did like some of the cursive,
1: you yeah. know,
0: penmanship white stuff and
1: yeah, just it just seemed And fun. that's interesting again. I love all of that stuff. I think all of those things are really like I think they're important to be aware of. Yeah. I think so many kids nowadays, obviously typewriters and computers, and yeah. you know that kind of progression yeah. affects that. But the idea of writing, I think, is ancient. It's so, so ancient, like, and script last time you is even so wrote beautiful. A full
0: page, yeah. It's like my hand would no, be page. Exactly. Tired <laughs> one page now.
1: Except for my dad taught me penmanship when I was younger, yeah, and one of the things so, yeah. was like just how to hold a pencil or a mm. pen lightly so it doesn't cause you doesn't ache, and you're not like. And I'm just like, that's a tiny yeah. little skill, but it's, it's nice. really valid on it. Do you really do that nice with the kids? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think that's um, important. That's nice. Yeah.
0: Oh. <laughs> that's cool. So we had both had a little Steiner flirtation. But um so then after yeah. that, so she was seven, and then what happened? She to- went into
1: uh, the local um it was a local C of E church. Yeah Trump school. Yeah. Um Holy Trinity. And it was a really nice school, nice environment. The teachers were really lovely and she did well she had a nice group of friends mm. and you know um, and it's interesting because looking back at it now like now you're asking me i'm just mm. realizing like how little information there actually is about what you're looking for when you're looking for a school for your children yeah you know like it's the first if it's your first child how are you supposed to know
0: People end up just what looking your... at Ofsted reports and that doesn't necessarily does that... give you a feel yeah. for what the school is like.
1: And and unless you have a background or family support around that can support you in the understanding of education
0: yeah.
1: in that context, it's really hard to determine what you're looking for, what yeah. you really need. And you and then you just have to kind of learn as you go along.
0: yeah.
1: And then that can be difficult because then you feel like, mm, am I doing the right thing? Yeah. Am I...
0: Yeah, especially with your first, as you say. With yeah. your later ones, you just know to go with the flow a yeah, bit more. But exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she was in school and she was happy. And, and then one day I went um, to... I got signed and I got a record deal and we had some money. Mm. <laughs> mm, nice. <laughs> right? And I was like, okay, what are we going to do with this? And thought about property and I was like, oh, okay. And then I went to a parent's evening and I said handwriting again. I said um, mm. to the teacher think maybe she should work on her handwriting a little bit more don't you and he was like no she's got the best handwriting in the class (laughs) and I was like I wasn't really talking about the rest of the class I was kind of just talking about her capabilities and where she's at and I'm not really a pushy parent when it comes to academics it was more Mm. just that I felt like she was not doing her best work yeah but because it was higher than the general expectation this is so funny that you're saying willing to push her well towards it and that kind of that was an alarm bell for me. Yeah. And I kind of went, one minute. That means that if she's good at anything, she's only ever gonna be as good as she is. She's never gonna be encouraged to be better because it's higher than the general expectation. Yeah. And actually, when I look around, is the general expectation good enough? Yeah. For her? And it wasn't. And mm. I was really like, I was heartbroken actually. Mm. I was like, How old was she? As a realization, time? she was in year four. Year
0: four, so in probably nine ish, nine ish maybe, eight nine. She was eight. Yeah. Um, and and this is funny because when I spoke to Sinead last week in the last show, she um was saying that exactly that that she was she teaches early years, but mm-hmm. sometimes it was so hard, like dealing with the the thirty kids and you know and juggling all their different needs, yeah. that sadly she saw that that sometimes she had to leave the kind of four or five brightest kids. And know that they'll be fine yeah. because I have It'll to bring be good up enough. these other fifteen yeah. that are still struggling and still yeah. can't read and still you know and then like you say but then it, it's not fair on the ones that still deserve to be stretched yeah. that are at yeah. the top you know yeah. or that are skilled in that particular area. Um, but
1: then of course what you want to do as a parent is be like well okay well we're gonna f- we're gonna put in and do all the other stuff so after school hours and at weekends we're gonna input all the things that the school can't. Mm. But that gets increasingly. Harder. Yeah. Um and especially then when you have other children and then other demands and you know Yeah, and is it um, fair on
0: the kid to be like doing it for six hours a day? Exactly, and then their family time is also taken away by supplementary work, you know?
1: Um so I had this money and I and I had some friends whose children were in a school, in a private school, Mm. and it was a small one and um I feel like I've made so many mistakes, and it's come to my oldest daughter's education. It's Aww. been this whole journey, and but it's that's been the beauty of it, and it's you've learned like,
0: from it, you know. Yeah, you like, know. completely. She's
1: amazing. I've met her for yeah. five minutes. But she's lovely. <laughs> she's amazing. <laughs> yeah. She really is amazing, and I think. Um, anyway, we'll come. We'll yeah, come yeah, back to yeah, that. We'll but yeah. Back, yeah, so we put her in private school, and the difference within literally three days, mm. her handwriting <laughs> had really. completely changed. Wow. Literally three days. And I was like, that's because the expectation is is higher and she's rising to the challenge and she Mm. can. Mm -hmm. But it was little things. So the headmistress of this school would stand at the door every morning and greet every child and Mm. shake their hand and greet them by name.
0: Isn't that nice?
1: it's not a massive thing but it really is it's like mm. the validation that they're getting at the very start of the school day that I know you're here you're welcome here Invalu- I know who you you're are important. you're important you're not just another number you're not just another kid that yeah. I can only remember because I have to shout at you yeah. five times a day like, that's <laughs> yeah. why I know your name yeah.
0: Do you know what I mean it's yeah. like that makes a difference
1: and you could see the difference that that made in the classroom then and then and Unfortunately, it was very white, very middle class. Yeah. And then there was that issue. Yeah. So then it was, it was kind of we're in a similar situation. Yeah. Like yeah. she's in so this she environment where she's really being anyone. challenged academically.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But when it came to social context, she was alien to it really, yeah. and that that took quite a toll on her think at that point but was she actually (coughs) bullied in any way or no not no no, not bullied and not excluded in any kind of conscious way but i just think it was little things like we live here in an estate you know Mm -hmm. the rest of them lived in houses that overlooked ones of common and Mm -hmm. like so Mm -hmm. it's just completely different lifestyle Mm -hmm. and she had some some friends and she'd go and they'd have play dates and all of that kind of stuff but then they'd just be little comments like Ignorance is, I guess, more mm-hmm. than conscious kind of bullying. But mm-hmm. she got a little mobile phone for Christmas, and it was a really cheap one. Like she, she's like, "Oh, I got a mobile phone for Christmas at school. Mm. How come you got a mobile phone? I thought your family were poor." Like oh. that kind of, you know, when you're like, "Who says <laughs> who's whose child says that?" Like, what are they hearing? At yeah, home what are they to- hearing? Oh, or what's their understanding of poverty? Yeah. Like in the West, what are yeah. they? Yeah. How do they look at this? Like, what's their and and clearly those conversations aren't being had at home.
0: Well, that goes back to exactly what you're saying about the elitism and the way yeah, that it's exactly. been set up. You know, exactly. it's not particularly the kids' fault, but their no. whole life has been engineered such that they don't come into contact with a wide variety with of a people. wide variety
1: of people. And, yeah. and that was heartbreaking to see as well. And yeah. on, you know, and um, so that was really difficult. And then she went. And then I lost my deal. <laughs> Didn't oh. have any more money. Ah. So um the fickle music yeah, business. Exactly. <laughs> Crazy. Um so she went to local state secondary school.
2: Yeah.
1: Which mm. was I think probably the like final, okay, this system doesn't work and it's not gonna work for my kids. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not gonna work for my kids. And I think by the time it came to G- I felt increasingly dissatisfied with the context the social context because again it was kind of it just she just, it went the complete opposite way yeah um and when you feel like actually there's more to life not just for you for everybody mm-hmm. but actually You're striving for that more, you're striving for that bigger context and wider social environment and all of that. And then your kids are kind of being pushed by virtue of where you live and what school they're given into this decreasing and reductionist education Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. social environment. And you're seeing impacts and you're trying to be like, no, she can hack it, it's cool. Mm. Like, you know, she's had a bit of both. And then you just see the impact that secondary school has And that's when I realised that, one second, your kids are spending most of their time, most of their life, Mm -hmm. every week, every month, every year in this environment. It's huge. Huge. It is huge. How did you not recognise that before? And is everything that they're getting what you want them to get? Yeah. Is all of it? And and then are they getting enough of what you want them to get in that environment all of the time, you know? Um, and I was like, I don't think I can. So by that stage, the younger two had started in nursery, and
0: yeah,
1: and so you had this all. kind
0: of inner conflict, and you're like, oh
2: yeah,
0: what to do? <laughs> you know what I love? Um, Erica Badu uh, homeschools her kids, and. Somebody once asked her on Twitter, Solihin showed me this one time, and we just both love it so much and, and often use it, actually, when people say, why? Um, somebody tweeted her saying, why do you homeschool your kids? And she said, she just replied, because they deserve it. Yeah. Like, what a lot exactly. of like, They deserve to spend all their waking time with somebody who is so 100% in invested love with them, in the 100% invested, has yeah. their best interests at heart. It's not a day job. It's not something that I'm going to leave and you know, next year, you know, I'm I'm bothered with something else. I'm
1: worrying about 15 kids. It's, it's and and that's it. essentially my, when people say, "God, that's such a huge responsibility." I'm a bit like, "They're my kids." Yeah, like I had them. They I chose are them kids. my responsibility. What else? And and even when I decided to homeschool and I went to the school and the welfare officer had to discuss it with him, he said that it's your right to homeschool and to to educate your children. The law says. You must educate your children to their age and ability, and that's your responsibility as a parent. It doesn't say how you have to do that. It just says that you have to do that.
0: Yeah.
1: And what most parents do because they don't know that they have alternatives is elect for the state to do that job for them. And they yeah. don't realise how huge that responsible, like how big that responsibility is and they're just handing it over. Yeah.
0: And so funny, isn't it? Because like the papers are full of, oh, the government's interfering too much and nanny state this nanny state that but then everyone hands over their kids to the state exactly like here you go have my kid shake them until they're 16 exactly (laughs) (laughs) and yeah
2: yeah when you
1: think about it like that and you think about does does the state the system that i live in does it represent what i want to see in the future Mm. no Mm do my children represent the future? Yes. So it's my responsibility to shape in them what I want to see in the future and yes. and to really take responsibility for that as hard as it is. And on those days when I'm like, am I doing the right thing? Yeah. Should I just send them back? I can't do everything right now. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's so much going on and I've got no money. Maybe I should just like yeah. all of yeah. those things. And And actually when I breathe and think about all of those things, it actually strengthens my resolve because i'm like no that's exactly you're not just sending your kids to school for free childcare. so you can go out and work and pay taxes exactly that cycle is something you've opted out of exactly yeah stick to that
0: yeah Yeah. it's tough though you know and it's deliberately made tough i mean even like some funding and stuff you know it's not obviously we don't get funding for home education so (laughs) despite the
1: fact that the money's the money's there, there for the kids for the kids, but
0: we <laughs> okay. can't access it so it does have to come out of our own pockets and you know
1: yeah every resource yeah and not even if, like before you even get to the resources just the one income or yeah minute like half half of two incomes or whatever it is That's like right. however you manage that not being able to have two parents working full-time earning an income in yeah. a country and a city that pretty much demands that yeah. of most families. Yeah, in London, it's, it's um, ruthless, yeah. It's really difficult. So then to find, on top of that, find money for trips and resources and books and, you know, um, yeah. thank God for the internet yes yes like really i don't know what
0: they would have done like even 10 years ago yeah before like (laughs) facebook meetup groups i've
1: read some like blogs or you know kind of when you're online looking for resources and often you'll be like there's so many there's so much homeschool resource online but you kind of often find it through blogs and be like yeah, we have this homeschooling life and we don't use the internet and our kids don't have access to wow. technology. And I was really? like, I know, how do you even cope with that? Like, how do you even... Where do you begin? But I think if
0: you do live, like, on a farm in the middle yeah, of the fields, exactly. then, of course, yeah, you've got, you've got other time, other space, you know, they can literally go and amuse themselves. Yeah. But Sadly, you know, in an urban environment,
1: we, our kids don't have that freedom Same. to just
0: wander, yeah. you know.
1: Um. But um, I think that's the thing, is that actually choosing to homeschool or you're not just choosing an alternative education for your children. It is a completely alternative lifestyle.
2: Yeah.
1: And an alternative mindset, actually, that it only works if you have that alternative mindset, if you're happy to to have a bit of kind of, I guess, for me, I'd say faith, just in that your kids are okay as they are. Yeah. Before you even start talking about education, they are just fine, just the way that they are. And anything... And and actually they were born to grow, you know, mm-hmm. like kids learn. That's what they do. They come out of the womb and then they just start learning.
0: Yeah, and they're keen to get and involved they, in And adult they keep life. doing that. And what's really weird is that, um, you know, they they learn by watching us as adults. Yeah. So to put them away from adults and away from the community and just put them with the kids yeah. their own age is, I find a bit weird. Like you wouldn't, like, I don't know, look at the animal kingdom. You don't see like baby chimpanzees put okay you like you, you guys stay go over, over there. there and figure We're it out for yourselves stay here and, yeah. <laughs> be adults and you guys just work yeah. It out yeah See and we'll later. put one
1: chimpanzee in charge yeah. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. no because they learn they watch us it's yeah. like oh okay how does mum do that when she goes into the shop how does she interact with the shopkeeper yeah. or what happens or you know and that's they learn in societies you know for thousands of years going back yeah young people learn by being around the adults yeah.
1: and watching and copying and... And I think the sad thing, actually, is that to... Like, the fact that we ha- have this society where you can elect to put your children in this education system means that so many parents forget to be intentional about educating their children mm. about everything else. Do you mm. know what I mean? So like The life side of things. Yeah, yeah, when you spend every day all day with your kids, part of what makes it work for me is just seeing... The teachable moments, all over the place, wherever yes. they are. Whether it's in the shop and they're like, "Oh, can I get a sweet?" I'm like, "Well, there's fifty p. Where's the change?" It's not a big deal. It's yeah. not. It doesn't. It's just part of how you're figuring that out. Yeah. And just recognizing, but <clears throat> those are those moments are much harder to find if you have to do it between three thirty and eight o'clock because the kids have got to be in bed for school in the yeah. morning. Yeah. Or because somewhere in the back of your head, they're getting all of that somewhere else. I don't need to participate in that bit of the process. True.
0: But then you don't know. You literally don't know what they're no. doing. No. You don't have time. You can't make them relive all the six hours of the day.
1: And they never do.
0: Yeah. They what come did you do home, at school today? Oh,
1: nothing. <laughs> uh, nothing. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, what does that even mean? And then you get five minutes with the teacher yeah. every six months. And I feel it for teachers. Like, this is, my decision has nothing to do with my opinion of the yeah. teaching profession because I think it's huge it's and work. it's really honourable. and yeah, I think it's yeah. but. I don't know. How... But your
0: kids come first and yes yeah. at the end of the day you've had to put them at the centre and everything else ripples out from yeah. that, you know. Yeah. And their well being and their Yeah. So mm. so when um Ray left how old was she when she you took her out from school? So we took her out the year she started her, okay, cheese. yeah, okay. So everybody you was been, like, ah!
1: yeah, yeah, no, it, we really were, and we still, I still am a little bit. There are still moments when I'm like, maybe we should have just tried to push through those last two years for her and just let her finish mm. that process. Maybe. We... And and and
0: you say, I mean, we're talking about it. Like you, you took her out, but what was her opinion? Like, what was she thinking at the time? Was she? Did she want to come out? No, did, no. So she tell didn't. me about that that conflict. She
1: didn't, she, didn't want to come out. She thought we were taking her out of school to punish her for something that had happened. It's for like a series of incidents yeah. that had happened. Yeah, and we had to really have like we had to keep reiterating this isn't a punishment. Mm-hmm. This is protection and mm-hmm. safeguarding your future. Really, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the school can't do that for you. And it's not their job to do that for you. It's our job to do that for you. And yeah. I should have done it earlier, <laughs> but. um But we're here now, and we're gonna just have to make this break, this choice, and it's quite a difficult one for us as parents, Mm. and it's a difficult one for you. But I think in the end, you'll be all right, and you'll trust us, and you'll, you know, Mm. um, and she's a teenager, so Mm. obviously, a teenager with all the influences, you know, affecting her that affect teenagers at that age, yeah. and teachers and educational welfare people going, well, "Are you sure she's completely academically able?" And mm. you should leave her in. It's gonna, it's gonna damage her education. And I just had to keep reminding myself that what they mean when they talk about education mm. and what I mean when mm. I speak about education are two completely different things. Absolutely. They're not the same thing. And actually, that education is damaging the education that I actually want for my children. And mm. I have to kind of hold fast to that understanding.
0: And what was that immediate period like when after she came out? I mean, did, did you kind of just give her some breathing space, or did you want to keep
1: on with the work like as she was had been it doing? It was conflicted. I yeah. think that it wasn't clear to us exactly what we were going to do. So initially, mm. I just went out and I got like oh, books. And the books. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, Okay, and the books from the syllabuses that she was studying, so mm-hmm. and in the hope that she'd kind of like go into the books and carry on, which of course she didn't, and she would be like. Oh, and then she was like,
0: I need a proper teacher. Yeah. I need a...
1: So there was lots of that. And I was like, okay. Even and... that,
0: even that. Like, imagine being like 15 and, or 14 or whatever she was, and you think, I need a teacher. Like, because it, that, Exactly, it that broke taken my heart away. to hear. No, that. not just that. I just mean that, like, yeah, obviously it broke your heart because you're like, oh, I'm doing the wrong thing. But she was so reliant on the fact that I can't teach myself. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, I need someone to spoon-feed me this exactly. stuff, and you're
1: not spoon-feeding me the way that they were, Mum. Yeah. No, exactly, and that's what yeah. convinced me to take the other two out of school, mm. was pretty much that conversation, mm. because she used to be so inquisitive about everything, to the yeah. point of, like, distraction for us sometimes, to yeah. be like, yeah. okay, Stop enough Stop
2: just... asking! <laughs>
1: Save those questions for tomorrow morning. If you can still remember that question mm-hmm. tomorrow, then I'll answer and it. One. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like it yeah. <laughs> um, and just wide-eyed and, and curious and and that just dissipated. I just watched it just kind of
0: mm. turn into
1: it and I'd be like, so, you know, she'd come and be like, oh, I hate science. And I was like, oh, aren't you studying this at the moment? Yeah, but I can't ask questions about that because it's not to do with the exam and I can't. And I could see her, and she was like the only teacher that she really liked was her history teacher because he would really engage in conversation and dialogue. And she loves to talk; mm. she loves to have conversations, mm. and she loves that conversation. So important! It's so important to be able to sit down, have a train of thought, and have it move. Yeah, and and you follow that, and then that's to me that's learning. You get to look at it from different angles. Yeah, exactly. Or what, about, what
0: might those be? <coughs> thought of it, and you can do that in history because you can look at it yeah. in all different things, but. Even in history, there would have been a syllabus. and Yeah, learned no, exactly, the
1: exam and exactly. And when sound. I went to speak to him, he said that. He said, Ray's amazing. She's really curious. She loves history. But unfortunately, a lot of the stuff that she's interested in, I can't spend too much time on because she doesn't need it for the exam. and mm. She just has to do what she's got to do for the exam. Mm. And that just, stuck. I just can't even, I just don't even get it. It just is so counter to right, my understanding of what learning that's right. really should be about. So what that um, is
0: is that that says whatever your individual <coughs> unique interests are, I'm afraid we can't cater for that because yeah. we all need to make you the same, and we yeah. all need to learn the same stuff so that you can pass the, the same, same exam, way, the same way, exactly. Yeah,
1: and you need to prove that you've learned it the same way as everybody else, mm-hmm. which I think is the worst bit. It's not enough that you're just teaching us all the same thing. Mm-hmm. Then I need to prove that you've taught me properly. Yeah, so that you can keep your job, your job. and the school can get more funding. And it's crazy how does that benefit me as a child? And I think most kids yeah. get to... When kids get to that age where they start, they're a bit like, what? Like, what's this? <laughs> I, like, And they start recognising those things. And they mm. even if they don't consciously understand what's happening, mm-hmm. I think that kind of sense of... Because um, that's what happens when you're a teenager, is You start getting to that point where you want to start being independent. That's right. So why do of I need everything? to do this? Yeah, yeah what, what am I doing this for? And you're asking yeah. yourself those questions. And yeah. if there's no accessible answers for that which there are often not in the context of school
2: mm-hmm.
1: the answer is because you need to get a good job
0: yeah
1: which is not a good enough answer yeah. it's not an answer but it's a yeah. deflection yeah. actually yeah. so it's not so that you can do the thing that you love and you're interested in. it's not so you can be amazing at life it's no. so you can get a good job <laughs> good
0: job and then pay tax And, pay and then t- exactly the whole cycle starts, starts again. all
1: over again give
0: us your children again
1: for 12 years and- <laughs> it makes me feel sick. Yeah, when yeah. I, when you when you kind of break it down and make it that simple, it just does. Yeah. It's just nauseating. And yeah, so she got to that point, and so teachers who had previously been like, "Oh, Ray's amazing," she'd start giving a mouth. It would start mm. being a problem because she's smart. Mm. And unfortunately, as a parent, I was like, "Oh, that's what's going on. That's why I was like that at school. Yeah. This is what you know." And I, I remember being in secondary school and having a conversation in sociology. And the teacher was a supply teacher, but he was a sociology teacher. <clears throat> and he came in and he was talking about, we were talking about race. And he had some piece of paper and said, Oh, I'm gonna tell you like the official different names of the different racial groups, and it was Caucasian and Asian, and he said Negroid. And I was like, um, sir, I'm not being funny, but if you came around to where I live and called anybody a Negroid, they would probably punch you. Mm. Um, And he was like, I understand that, but, you know, that's the official term. I said, but by whose standards? Who said that you could tell us what we should be called? Mm. And a bunch of boys in the class, yeah, and they started. (laughs) And so then I was told I was being disruptive. And I was like, no, I'm not being disruptive. You're not going to tell me that I have to accept that as a fact. Mm -hmm. It has to be a debatable thing. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. I'm not interested. Mm -hmm. Well, then you have to stay behind the detention. I'll stay behind the detention if you come and debate the issue with me. Yeah. And he looked at me like, I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> I'm going to call your mum. I said, you're going to call my mum. She'll, She'll say, say the exactly same. same thing. <laughs> so, and just even the fact that there was room enough to do that, like. Yeah. But a lot of kids don't have, they don't have that either. You know, they don't have that understanding from home in some way or another to be able to challenge yeah. it that way. Or often when they do in their own way, they're they're not supported in that yeah. that thought process why mm. would like as a teacher if a child of 14 debates an issue with you why would you not follow go you thing? let's keep talking yeah
0: yeah
1: like why would you not do that you have to just like, shut it, just just it down shut it to it down keep order keep, yeah.
0: kids you know and and keep to time and get the exactly talk, you know
1: so then yeah. of course they start acting up and acting up in all kinds of ways and then you know and I think you see that in in secondary schools and I think especially in secondary schools that have a lot of black kids that mm-hmm. get to the point where they're like, is this for me? Yeah. Is this about me? Is this about my people? Is it about my experience? Yeah. How much of this can I identify with and how much of it makes me feel good about myself?
0: You get taught one thing and then you're out on the street or living life and then actually the whole world is looking at you a completely different yeah. way and to have to deal with those two conflicting things yeah. in your head and work out where you fit it's very difficult. Very. Yeah. Um So you had, so going back to Ray, so you took out, you know, you got all the books and you were like, let's do work. Let's pass <laughs> yeah. those
1: And then what happened? Like, And then you... she didn't want to do the work. Yeah, of
0: course, And then
1: I was like, okay, you know what? Let's not, let's yeah. just leave it. And then I was like, okay, let's do other stuff then. Let's find mm-hmm. alternatives. Mm-hmm. But sadly, and still now, we're still facing a bit of it now. And she was just like, she would say, I just don't want to learn. Mm. I don't want to learn. Mm. And I would be like, How do I respond to that?
2: But when actually, she says learn,
0: she, she means learn in the school sense. In the
1: context, exactly.
2: Which
0: is means sit down, open up books, yeah, and, and read, and yeah. that's you learning. Yeah.
1: But well, I, think, kind of I think I think it goes you. a bit deeper than that, that actually more than them just not wanting to learn in that context mm. i think it actually starts to shut down their desire to actually learn in any mm. context mm. and and i and it would make sense you know the way your brain works the way your brain responds to to trauma or like whatever like mm-hmm. how you how your brain functions and how your brain learns and how your brain repeats patterns and pathways and all of that kind of stuff if you're constantly in an, in an environment where actually your ability to learn freely is diminished, mm-hmm. that's gonna become the norm for you. That's gonna become the normal function of your mind. Almost
0: as a defence mechanism. Yeah. It like, just shuts down. Like exactly. well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask anymore because I know when before I've raised this question or I've asked why are we doing this, it gets shut yeah. down. So I'm just gonna, Or even I'm not
1: even gonna think totalized. that way anymore because yeah. it's pointless. I can't the thought process cannot lead to an action that fulfills that thought process. Mm. So I'm gonna stop the thought process. Like scary stuff. Yeah it's so scary. Honestly <laughs> when you oh yeah. So, yeah, and it, wow. that's exactly, it's scary. And yeah. so now I feel like with her, so she, she went to college to do 5G so completely her choice. Cool. We were, I was a bit like, really? Like, I thought, yeah, I just feel like I need to be back in a proper school environment and see way I'm going to get it done. Mm-hmm. She's gone back in and she's like, I can't bear it. The mm-hmm. teachers don't even teach properly. And mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, so there's a part of you that, get it, you get you it. You get the freedom. yeah. yeah. And I, we're just going to have to kind of travel this bit of the journey with her until So she's, she's in college
0: now, is she? Yeah, yeah she's doing just sitting her exams. exams.
1: Okay, cool. Now. But again, she had a similar kind of like, oh, oh it's long. Mm.
0: But what's yeah. her thing? Like, when she's, like, what's the what loves? Sociology, She loves sociology,
1: yeah. People. She loves talking about people and the way people think and behave with each other and how yeah. that... Um, and... Yeah, so I and I even tried like when we first took her out of school, I was like, okay, we start. I she was I was trying to get her to work on GCSEs and just look at her English literature,
2: mm. and I was
1: like, well, let's let's break down the lyrics and the words from Kendrick Lamar's album because mm. it's it's an amazing. This is before the art the Harvard article mm. came out and stuff. Mm. It's like it's an amazing piece of literature. Like the way it's written, the story from top to bottom, and she hadn't even noticed it. Like we probably listened to the songs. And then when I first actually listened to the whole album, I was like, wow. Wow. Okay. So there's a real, there's a real literary art happening here mm. that really perfectly, like the way that he's written in all these different characters, but always still keeping himself present in the conversation. Mm. Like, there's all of this amazing stuff happening in this work. And
0: I haven't given it a proper listen yet. Is this the new one?
1: No, not the new one. So the Good Kid Mad City album. Oh, okay. Um, And then growing up around here and me having grown up in Brixton, I really identified with it in lots of ways. Yeah. And identified with him in it in lots of ways. So like being like, you live here, you know people, you hang out with people, things are happening around you that you're kind of like, nah, not really on it, but it's there, it's part of what happens. And I recognise that in race experience as well Mm. and i I was like listen to what he's talking about and how he's talking about it and what he's actually trying to express about himself and his community and how that community is affected by what other things that are happening in the world Mm. that's such an important skill Mm. to have and that's what language is really about Mm. it's about being able to communicate beyond yourself Mm. and beyond your own need like really being able to communicate to somebody else and then see what you see yeah. in some shape or yeah. form. Like, And I feel like he's managed to do this. Yeah,
0: that's powerful. <clears throat>
1: um, And so she got really excited about it and we kind of started talking about it. And she really listened to the record and she was like, oh my God, I've never heard it like that. Yeah. I've never heard that song like that. Like, I just thought he was just talking about bitches and so yeah. language. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I thought that. And then, but actually when you listen, he's actually trying to, go beyond that but he's using that vernacular because it's relevant to the context and without without it it wouldn't be authentic yeah and that's important and yeah. so I'm just hoping that those little conversations and did you get like when you up.
0: were doing that together it feels like from how you're talking about it there was like a real connection between yeah. you two yeah that hadn't yet formed like because In there was that, still a little yeah. bit yeah of kind of I don't know maybe resentment from her or yeah. why have you done this to me kind of thing yeah yeah
1: And it's been those moments that have been amazing to just be like, actually, and again, so it's that, just having had the space to find those teachable moments to just be like, Mm. actually, let's talk about this and there's room to do it. I'm not Mm. just having to try and fit it in in between making sure you've done your history homework and
2: Mm.
1: ironed your uniform. And (laughs) And what what does she
0: want for her future? Like, what does she talk about for herself in the future?
1: think she's still figuring a lot of that out yeah well
0: yeah of course Um, 17 yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) she loves music and um it's funny because i think in all it's almost as if she's regressed
0: yeah
1: as part of this process which i think is a really great thing actually it kind of um it's almost as if she's gone through school and had she carried on going and gone to university and kind of followed all the the kind of protocols as the status quo but in this process she's kind of gone back to like I'm just going to get a bit childlike again and I don't really know what I want to do I'm just so I'm not I'm trying not to put that expectation that on her pressure. because she's 17 and yeah. she should be doing A-levels or whatever
0: yeah
1: I'm trying to just be like there's just room for you to grow through this whole experience well that... a lot of
0: people say that don't they that that de-schooling period yeah. after taking your kids really out a lot most people now just like leave them for a few months. <laughs> yeah. And just just there's like a there's like out. a
1: ratio. They say something like for every year that your child has been in if you want to de school your, your kids for every year that they've been in institutional education, you should give them um
2: three months or a month, month, or, oh, a month or something. Yeah.
1: I've I can't remember now, but mm. yeah, like a month to de school. So that would have been at least a year for yeah. Ray. Yeah. <laughs> like, to just just to find just, who
0: you are again. Yeah. Like, you're not just a number anymore. Yeah. You are Ray. Yeah. And we want to know what is in you yeah. that is unique. Completely we value that, you know. But it's so shut down by the time you get to 15, yeah. 16. It's just you're on this conveyor belt. Yeah. Let's get those exams, next exams, university. I work yeah. in university now. I work in um, student mental health at university. And, like... The amount of eighteen year olds I see that's like you should not be at university. Yeah. You are not ready for yeah. university. Or they're here doing subjects that they don't even they have no know no interest about, about, nothing, about, no passion, no nothing. nothing. At all. And you're just here because everyone said they have to go to uni. Yeah. And it's like you And know, they're
1: paying. You're for paying that nine every grand. year to be miserable yeah. about what you're doing. I you're just... getting
0: yourself into debt. Again, maybe being a little bit conspiracy theory, but here yeah. you are doing something you hate. Paying the state money, yep. you know, so that you can get on this treadmill again. Yeah. And, that's and... not
1: even going to pay you enough to pay that money back. Yeah. it just yeah. that's like, it's not like I, as, as well, I feel moments like, are you just being a complete conspiracy theorist? No. But actually it's logical. Like, does it make sense as a human being? Because that's what we are. That's what our children are. They're human beings with innate gifts and talents and a mind that, functions even if it functions different from everybody else's that it has its purpose why (laughs) why 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 are we going to do this why why should we ever spend our lives pursuing things that we have absolutely no passion for yeah just to pay bills
2: yeah
1: it's so uh, it's so like um opposing to like how we should how our natural way of do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like and I'm not even talking about like going back to living off the grid and not not Mm. even going that far Mm. with it it's Mm. just just being happy just getting up every morning with a sense of purpose and a sense of like value for yourself and your own mind and your own gifting and your like It's valuable. I can use it. Yeah, Yeah, and how can I? Not just for
0: me. How can I use
1: it to help the world? To help the world I live in. Completely. Yeah,
2: Yeah.
1: completely. But I think it also like that whole cycle does end up creating this very individualistic and very selfish way of thinking. I have to do this because I have to pay bills and I have to look after myself, and that's how I look after myself Mm -hmm. by earning money. Mm -hmm. Actually, know how you look after yourself is often about how you take care of your mind. How you take care of your body, how you take care of your sense of well-being, and how you take care of people around you is actually a huge part of taking care of yourself. Like yeah. it's inevitable. We can't we, we don't we coexist in this world. That's just yeah, that's that's what it is. So yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah definitely. And you
1: see it like <laughs> when you just walk into the train station and seeing everybody getting up and going to work and how people do not see each other Yeah, do you know what I mean we're all chasing this thing that is always kept just out out of reach almost always always what you
0: have isn't good enough (coughs) Yeah, always, it's creating this kind of you know on a wider thing it's the whole consumerist thing and you need that that will make you happy once you get this once you've been to uni you'll get that amazing job and then of course you're there waiting tables in the cafe unable to get a job you're like okay well just get this masters once you get this masters that'll make you stand out
1: from the rest of
0: course everyone's (laughs) getting masters now because a degree means nothing now you know we're we're telling our kids that unless you really want to do like a profession, medicine or law or whatever that needs a degree, yeah, there is no rush. When you're eighteen, it's not necessarily the best time to go. Completely. to Completely,
1: and that's what I've said you know. to Ray. And I said my sister last year graduated from a um, international development and global politics degree, mm. and she's just turned twenty nine. Perfect. Right, and now... She didn't do her A-levels. She dropped out of school. She went to, a like, a... Like, a a boarding school, but an alternative one. When she finished school, she didn't really... wasn't interested. She dropped out of that. Mm -hmm. Travelled a bit. Took a while to figure out what she wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And finally felt like, a I guess, a call-in or something. She's like, actually, I'm really interested in this. I really feel like I can take this and use it she had time to I listen to, to that listen. inner voice yeah. in
0: her and be like, okay, well, this is what you need yeah, to do.
1: Yeah, exactly. Use your and it took her a long
0: time, time so she did it. I think over five years, in the, you know, so she could work. She paper. worked, and so she, she doesn't have this like gr- tens of grands of debt around no. her neck. You know, which no. most of us do. Yes,
1: it's impressive. Yeah, yeah, and I and I agree. Like, if you if you want to be a doctor. Even if you want to be a doctor, and I know you're a doctor, so forgive me, but even even if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer, do you have to start doing that at 18? Do you know what I mean? Like how many people go to to university and study medicine or whatever and come out the other end of it and their education doesn't balance up with their life experience mm-hmm. to actually be able to make the most use yeah. of what they've learned in yeah. context with real people with
0: the amount of like times you know I look young and sometimes I'd go into like you know cubicles to see patients mm-hmm. and then be like well how old are you kind of thing and it's like and to be fair I was like 24 25 yeah. didn't really know much all I'd done is go to school my whole life yeah. but only now like as I went on I did practice for eight years and as I went on and you have kids and you have and you're like oh life okay like yeah (laughs) now I can come and talk to you and 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 really get the gravity of what this means the fact that you can't work because of this condition and the rippling effects that will have for your whole family that you don't just don't get when you're like necessarily 24 and you you're really good at book work yeah but you don't know about life no completely um so yeah I think in the states they do you have to do a degree first before you can do Medicine, and again, this not necessarily that that will give you much more life, but just gives you a bit more gives time a bit of maturity, yeah. yeah, yeah, to to deal with those things. So, did the younger two go to school at all? Yeah, and
1: and what happened? They both went to the same nursery and the same primary school, yeah. Um, and the nursery school was lovely, really, really lovely nursery school, um, and an early years center around the corner. and mm-hmm really supportive and encouraging of who they were like um, Luca would, Luca's nursery school teacher when I went in she was like he's a really unique boy like he gets on really really well with the boys they all really like he's really energetic and Mm. active and climbs and like but he's really great with the girls as well and often at this age there's kind of like a distinction and he's got boys over there girls over there yeah Yeah. (laughs) and he doesn't seem to notice it and so he's just got this really balanced gender like Kind of gender free yeah, yeah, <laughs> environment okay. that you exist in, and the, the girls really like he plays with them in in exactly the same kind of way, mm. different in a different way, but with the same depth of relationship. Yeah. And there's you know, that's and I was lovely. like, that's a really beautiful thing for a teacher to be able to mm. pick up on, and mm. it was really nice. Mm. Um, and that and that kind of continued in primary school, but he got to. So we were having this experience with Ray in secondary school and so I was already having all of these kind of doubts about just the general education and looking at them and being like, I don't want to wait until it's too late Mm. to kind of start teaching them. Mm.
2: Um,
1: And so, you know, reception's really lovely and it's not that different from nursery and there's a lot of play and and then they get to year one and everything kind of changes and even the teacher was like, it's really difficult because the pressure starts at year one and Mm. I was just like, no <laughs> why, why does that need to happen like yeah. why it's pressure to get his homework done and to do this particular amount of reading and for him to know these particular things by this time and when i'm coming in to talk talk to you there's this standardized form that says uh, in year one they should be able to do this 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 and this and that's the basis by which your yeah. child is going to be in judging mission. his development yeah, it's yeah. like um so I was just feeling increasingly we. I keep talking about yeah. myself like my husband was on part of this yeah. decision. But, yeah, just feeling increasingly uncomfortable with that process. And then he got to year three, four, I'm just trying to think. what, Yeah, year three. And um, he was struggling with maths and his teachers like, you know, he just seems to not really focus very well. He fidgets a lot. He's not very, um, he just doesn't concentrate very much. And I was like, okay, that doesn't really sound like, lucar because he can concentrate so if he's sat down doing lego he'll sit there and just something that he's into yeah yeah Yeah. um you know he's not focusing on his work and he gets distracted easily and i was like okay well what what would you suggest well you really need to kind of talk to him and then work a bit more at home on this stuff because he's fallen behind in this area and i was like okay um so we've had to move him he's now sitting at a table another table with these boys and then and then i'd get a call oh you know, they were mucking around on the table today. It's like, who is he sitting with? And it just started to become this, like, the group of little bad boys. And I was like... It
0: becomes more about behaviour management Yeah, than
1: then actually what he's learning. learning. Yeah. I was like, well, why why don't you separate them? Or because that's the mixed ability, that's the middle ability table. I was like, well, have you looked into what, what it is, that why they're not doing the work? Like, what yeah. is it about the work, maybe, or that about that up? environment, the, the way that they're um well we have the TA she can sit there sometimes but I can't really give them the attention that they need to be able to like support them with what they need and I was like that
0: kind of gives you your answer right there yeah so I was like the okay. teacher saying I can't support them with what they need with what
1: they need so they're getting distracted essentially and I was like right okay um so this carried on for a little bit and then he got into trouble and I was like no I'm really not comfortable with how this feels like it's panning out and I try to be like really okay are you just being defensive are you just being in denial about who your child is when he's not at home Mm -hmm. like maybe Mm -hmm. he's completely different in school from how he is Mm -hmm. um you know how he is when he's at home maybe his character's completely different because the environment maybe. But then also what
0: does that say when your child feels that they can't be their authentic self at school? At
1: school or but but I kind of you know but you're willing we were, like, to give it the benefit to give it of the, the doubt, benefit okay, of the right doubt. Mean, and yeah then, yeah so it wasn't until we'd taken him out of school and I again kind of like got the books and was like okay let's let's try let's read uh, <laughs> no but let's do maths I'm gonna give you maths work and I gave yeah. him a sheet and um he just started fidgeting and I was like what's going on like why why are you not concentrating come on concentrate Luca. you have to like get like like you can do this. It's really easy. I don't understand. And I started getting that kind of frustration yeah. of like, what you can do this. I don't understand like what. And then he was like, he started his cheeks started going red, and I was like, what's what's wrong? What's the matter? He's like, it just makes me feel funny. Mm. And I said, what do you mean funny? Like funny how? He said, like my tummy hurts, and then like the page starts to go blurry, mm. and I feel. And I was like, oh my god, <laughs> like. Is this a, And I said, did this used to happen when you were at school? He was like, yeah, all the time. And I was like, so this whole time you've been getting this, like, anxiety around getting the answers wrong and not. And I said, what is it? He's like, if I, I don't know, like, I'm going to get it wrong. And I was like, there's there's nothing wrong with not knowing. That's the whole reason we're doing this. I'm teaching you, like, you're learning how to do mm. it. But obviously, and of course, in school... Actually, there is something wrong with getting it wrong. There's often something wrong. There's a problem mm. with getting things wrong yeah. because that's not the objective. Yeah. But to me, that's such a huge part of learning yeah. is to be able to get things Anyone wrong. Anyone that's ever invented like,
0: anything has failed 200 times exactly. before they make the thing.
1: before they get it the right. The guy didn't
0: just make a light bulb the yeah. first time. How many experiments did he have to do? How many to see if it worked.
1: So exactly. I'm sure if that group of boys had been told, it's fine if you get it wrong, just yeah, try just do it. Anyway. Just Just try it anyway. And when you get it wrong, try and figure out how you're getting it wrong. Mm-hmm. Because that might lead you to the answer of how to get it right.
0: Exactly.
1: But there's no room and time for that dialogue to happen mm. in a class of 30 kids. Mm. And definitely no room for that to happen with one child. And so that had never been picked up on. And I was like, does it actually, he was like, yeah, I get tummy ache. Like, it actually makes my tummy sore. And I just looked at my little boy who was like, and was just like. Heart must
0: have just yeah. broken. I just yeah. felt so
1: guilty. I was mm. like, wow.
0: Mm. We all deal with mum guilt over we? every day. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, no, regardless you of what yeah, you're whatever doing, whatever you do,
0: you feel it, but yeah,
1: so so yeah, and, and I think the whole thing we w- we went through quite a difficult financial time, and mm. it was our you know, our marriage was quite difficult at that time as well. And I was just feeling mm. like every morning, rushing the kids, quick, get to get, get dressed, you've got to be get your uniform on, and blah, yeah.
0: and get to
1: school, and then I'd like, pick them up and be like, no, we can't play today, we've got to get home and get the homework done. And I'm just like, I don't want my children to associate that degree of stress and pressure that's actually external Mm -hmm. with their learning process.
2: Yeah,
1: they're two separate things. They're two, they're two Mm -hmm. completely different things. And so I tried, I was like, okay, it's you, you need to calm down, you need to like de-stress and, but I just felt, and and obviously we, we're creatives ourselves anyway. So actually that whole nine to five thing just doesn't really go with With us, with our lifestyle. And I felt like I was trying to push my kids into one lifestyle and then on the other hand, we were trying to live a different lifestyle and yeah. there was not a place where they met comfortably.
0: Yeah,
1: And and then I had to ask myself, well, which lifestyle do you value f- for what it contributes <laughs> to mm-hmm. the world that you live in?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Actually one that's creative and fluid and has room for mindfulness and thinking
2: and, yeah.
1: and being still and sometimes being up really late because you've just got the idea that you want to write a song at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's okay. That's okay. Because you okay. don't have to get up at seven. Because I don't have to get up at seven and yeah. actually need do the, the kids. Like, yeah. they don't have to do that and they can be part of that and take, you know, can take them to gigs and then not being yeah. able to take them out of school for things that we value yeah. and be like, actually, we think this is really important educational time. Sorry, you can't. So eventually, I got a fine for having taken the kids up. At- so I had this kind of progressing,
0: yeah.
1: removing myself, first in my mind yeah. from how it was working and then being like we're just going to take a day off today and go and do something else nice I don't want to go to the science museum when everybody yeah. else is there yeah. or we're just going to go and hang out in the park actually like for the whole day not just for an hour before dinner time yeah. after school yeah. while you're still in your uniform we're going to go to the paddling pool and we're just going to chill nice like and then I got a fine for having taken them out kept them home from school and I was like and the the same educational welfare officer of school said just so you know they don't actually they can't actually enforce these yet and oh, I was yeah, like yeah. oh right thanks <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's when I started and I said you know this really upsets me because actually if a family are really struggling with something yeah. finding them 120 quid is not going to the help them no and if they're not struggling then why are you finding them mm-hmm. why are they not able to make a choice for their children that they think is healthy like what's it's like
0: what? Well, i guess it becomes like the creeping mission of schools like since, all right so first their their mission was to educate you but now it becomes telling you how you can spend time together as a family and yeah. when it's like okay yeah you can only have um tail end of the day with your kids mm-hmm. when they're tired Um, you know might be annoyed with what's happened at school that's when you can have them. we're gonna have them when they're awake and at their best yeah and that's kind of
1: in that exactly in a
0: way exactly yeah
1: um and that's when we had that conversation and that's when he said this is what the law says this is what most parents do and i said uh, you know josh and i are thinking of homeschooling and he said you guys are creative you're Mm -hmm. smart 100% 100% support you and he was really sounds like you like, had a really good well yeah and I said so I kind of asked him I said so what are you here for he said because a lot of parents don't think like you and they need somebody to talk to in the school yeah. most parents bring their children here and they need someone here who can support them in mm. the ways that they need it and if you don't need that then I don't see why you have to stay <laughs> literally yeah, he, he was, was really good, good guy. yeah he was a really really nice guy a really nice guy and yeah. I really really appreciate
0: because you need that because like you it makes you doubt yourself yeah. so much you're like like because you're following your gut instinct and that's something that we lose a lot of is yeah. is following our own intuition because yeah. the system kind of tells you know you, you don't not know right, know right. <laughs> yeah and so then like when you're struggling and you're like you're trying to follow what you know is right but then you know sometimes you just need that voice of someone yeah. else to say yeah
1: you're not crazy, crazy. in what you're yeah. thinking. Yeah, yeah exactly. completely.
0: That's um, nice. Have you had any um, contact with the local authority since they've no. been
1: out? No. So we told the school. We were told all you have to do is inform the school, and it's their responsibility to inform the local authority. Yeah. And then and then it's the local authority's responsibility to contact you. And, and I've had no contact, so I'm just leaving it right just leave there. It. Where because, <laughs> because, well, because not... this is a,
0: a thing, isn't it? Because like. Um... You know, I actually asked my local one, Do you, can I interview you for my podcast? She was like, no, I can't, because <laughs> sure the job would be a bit of a conflict of interest. But, so literally, within the same email that she said, no, you can't, she sent me, um she said, um, but can you send me your the name and the date of birth and the address of your child? I was like, whoa, wait. So now, all of a sudden, because I told you, it's not even started no, school, radar. but now you want yeah. It? yeah. So now I'm like, mm, might just step pedal
2: back <laughs> on that one the yeah. little one yeah
0: um, because I know that is a bone of contention I see it in all the forums yeah. some parents are really like don't tell them anything yeah, don't let them in <laughs> way. meet them at McDonald's yeah exactly else. meet them at the library <laughs> um, my gut is to be I don't necessarily mind because I've heard that our local one is nice anyway um and I can also, from my former life, you know, working as a doctor, I can understand perhaps the safeguarding yeah, issues and blah blah blah. Completely. So I think, it, you know, a once a year check in, fine, but but some like listening to some other people's stories is that it can really be quite invasive, and then they start like
1: judging you, yeah. or, and then and then yeah, and then it becomes a fine. And again, I think it's it depends on how like that particular person, how much experience they have with yes. homeschooling, and what their perception of it. Is do you yeah. know what I mean? So like I've had I've seen in forums as well people being concerned, going to come around the house is going to be messy. Of course it is. You're homeschooling your kids. Yeah. There's going to be stuff Everywhere. around. There's going to yeah. like it's, but that you might be judged on that, f- on that because you look un- unorganized and your life looks chaotic. Mm. But. Teachers never go home to these houses to see how chaotic no. it can be. Yeah. Like, no, you're not exactly. judged, You're not being judged by the same standards that you are necessarily. If you're, yeah. And I get all of those concerns. Um, thankfully, we haven't had to deal yeah. with that yet. So we're like, when it comes, we'll come. It'll come and we'll make decide a decision, decide how we handle it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah.
0: And how, so Luca and Aria, are they cool are they like well into the homeschooling life
1: what are they um yeah they love it yeah every now and then they're like oh can we go back to school mm. and it's a toughie it is a tough one because yeah. I know why they're asking because the environment their friends it's a really it was a really nice school nice group of friends that they have and so yeah. my response is just to try and create more time for them to have friends with their outside. friends yeah
0: their home and, but friends. they're oh, but their no, school, but friends. Their school friends okay. to spend
1: time especially for Luca he had kind of like a bond with him and his three kids and mm-hmm. they were like that's their little clique and I think he felt at first like he'd gone and they were gonna like not forget him be, yeah, yeah forget him he had yeah. actually a little bit of an emotional moment yeah about that and I was like no they're your friends like they're not gonna forget you we just need to spend time with them and mm. make to make the effort to do that so that's kind of but I don't think that if he went back to school he would actually enjoy the learning environment, especially because he—if he went back now, he'd be going back into the end of year five, year six for mm, Sats and mm, pressure three. again. And yeah. I just don't think he's that kid. Yeah, he's just not. He's just not that kid. It's not the environment, so he's not like hugely academically focused. It's just not who he is. It doesn't mean he's not able. Mm-hmm. And I have this feeling that he's kind of. So we took him out of school, and I I took him back a year in maths. and and two in English and I've been really casual with it and I'm just not putting pressure on it. And so every now and then I do feel a bit like, oh my gosh, all your friends are in Year 6, they're getting ready to go to secondary school, you probably don't know all the stuff that they know and I feel a bit guilty about that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, do you need to know all the stuff that they know right now?
0: They're knowing it because to get to the next stage in the conveyor belt, this is what you are to know to to those exams. You don't need to know
1: that right now and there's nothing wrong with the way your mind works, there's nothing wrong So. We will just take our time, and if at some point you're like, "Actually, I really want to know all of this stuff,"
2: mm-hmm.
1: then we'll work on that. You, you can do know? it all day. We you can do, do it all day long. You can do it a <laughs> in chunks. Yeah, you you can can just, do it you can just do it. Yeah, like, and that's fine. You know? So until then, I'll just give you a taste of different things and you know, expose you to different ways of looking at things, and 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 then you'll slowly start to form your sense of what you really are excited about which most of the time for him is like sports and um really active so he loves like parkour and jumping and climbing over things and yeah and even that and like again with lego or he'll he's really into like spinning things and so i just use it we talk about it we talk about the science of it and Mm. how friction works and sometimes the conversation is just really basic Mm -hmm. and then i'll be like okay cool and i'll make a note of it and i'll be like okay, let's look up a bit more information about mm. that and then we can actually teach mm. it and he can make something and look at centrifugal force and how it works. And, cool, you're and bringing up some words. To... I'm like,
0: yeah, gosh, I remember that thing. Yeah, <laughs> like, how, many, how many facts do you learn at school? But then, like, because you don't get to use them, yeah. like, it's there somewhere, but yeah. it's not. But now he he's coming up with, this is what I'm into. And then yeah. you learn what back you need around that thing. Exactly. And then it's more likely to stick, I'm
2: sure, yeah.
0: you know, once once yeah. it's something you're interested in. diversity and inclusion and um, so we are just talking a little bit about our kids' quirks and um, uh, Mpah is telling me that when Luca was how old? Two Two What did he used to do when he used to walk
1: into the room? He would walk into the living room and there'd be a piece of paper or a book on the table and he'd stop he'd be running past he was always running he'd be running past and he'd stop and straighten the piece of paper so that it would be parallel or a right angle kind of Mm.
2: to the table
1: um, and I'd be like, "That's a bit weird. Like, what's what's that about?" And then I'd come in the room sometimes and find he had this, these dinosaurs, and he'd always have them like lined up in high order, mm-hmm. and that's how he'd leave them. And mm-hmm. I, like, I kind of knew enough that that wasn't necessarily like normal. Again, yeah. air yeah, air quotes, <laughs> air quotes. yeah behavior and so it made me and then he'd do things like I'd be holding his hand and he'd want me to hold his hand in a really really specific way and at a specific pressure mm-hmm. and otherwise he'd start freaking out and I'd be like and at first I didn't know what it was and I'd be like stop it stop it it's fine I've got your hand there's nothing to worry about and I'd start mm-hmm. and he'd have kind of tantrums and um so slowly I started kind of putting together that and was like okay something's different about him he's mm-hmm, he's, mm-hmm. he's really sensi- sensitive about mm-hmm. certain things mm-hmm. and he's still like that now um but he's much more relaxed about things like he doesn't straighten everything out and not his bed or anything
0: how was his speech did he speak late or so his
1: compared to so i've got the two girls at either side and their yeah. speech development is completely different mm. so he's when he was younger he would actually not stutter but he would struggle to get his words out and And it would take him a while to form his sentence to Mm. to say what he was actually thinking, and Mm. he'd get really frustrated if you tried to, if you if you preempted what he was going to say, or said, "Come on, hurry up!" And then he would kind of shrink into Mm. into himself. So all of those little things, I think I, and so I think that's probably another reason why school didn't really work for for him him. and wasn't going to suit him. And Mm. I felt like I knew that intuitively, and. So part of me has been a bit like, oh, maybe I should try and get him statemented so I know exactly what's going on. Part of me is also a bit like, oh, why don't I just deal with him as he is? Yeah. Do I necessarily need a statement? Yeah. Or can They're... I just take him as he is exactly. and just carry on as we, as we are?
0: Yeah. They've changed the wording now. It used to be called statementing. Now it's EHCP and Educational Health and Care Plan. Okay. That's the new lingo, but... Um... You're right. I mean, we, with Kalel, because, oh yeah, for the tape, we last week finally got um, Kalel's diagnosis as uh, autistic. Um, Actually, the lady said to us, like, when she said it at the end, we were like, okay, cool. And she was like, how do you feel about that? We're like, fine. That's what we expected for the last, you know, year and a half. (laughs) You know, it's been, as you say, we just deal with him how he is. We, We learn his quirks and what he needs and that's what we do. And because he's not going to school, he doesn't need to fit you know into, yeah. into whatever mould they're trying to squeeze him into so yeah. we can just work with him as he is. Yeah. Um so the only reason that the main reason I should say that we went for it was so that we could have access to like extra support because some of right. the like the behaviour and stuff can be challenging yeah. at times. Um so just like knowing having little um yeah bits of support, someone you can call up and be like, Information. like what should I do here, yeah. you know, yeah. um
1: but yeah it was with regards to to schooling. How was what is the process like for the diagnosis? Like, how so I do they go really about? So a really long
0: wait. So we waited 15 months. So I always wow. say to people, if you want it, just, just go to the GP and talk. And then, you know, because even if they do refer you, you're still going to be waiting for ages yeah. anyway. So you just put it to the back of your yeah. mind and forget and about it yeah. and get on with it um but what's the actual process
1: of the diagnosis so So how do they 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 said it
0: was a two to three hour appointment ours was over in an hour and a half um and we had a speech and language therapist who took him to play in the same room but was playing with him interacting with him um and we were talking to the psychologist clinical psychologist and she was just asking us questions and because like obviously like we've had a year and a half to read the stuff anyway so when she asks us the questions we know what she's really asking you know things like does he have routines or does he line things up or does he you know um so we were able to just give the answers you know honest answers but what she's asking i think some parents especially if you're going there and you're like my child's not autistic and there's a little bit of like you know you have to resistance resistance. yeah Yeah, exactly um but um actually yeah since i've met uh loads of amazing people like just I just know so much more about it it made me realize how little I knew as well you don't really get proper training in child development in in medical school or until you really really specialize in in paediatrics yeah Yeah. um so you know it's this scary thing and then of course there was the horrific um Andrew Wakefield thing with the MMR and autism so everyone's like you know it, it's put out as this horrific scary like, yeah. thing like yeah. oh my god like it's this disease that it's you like can it's catch
1: horrible thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it's like yeah, no actually, like no, it's probably most
0: of our best thinkers most of our best creative people our yeah. best musicians well have, i think josh is autistic
1: been... as well and he, he he's like and i think that's probably part of what his educational experience was about was that nobody yeah. picked up i think him and his he's got a younger brother yeah um and I don't look at it like, and obviously, you, like, not knowing when you don't know, you do look at it it's like, oh, there's something wrong. Wrong, But yeah. actually, with all the information, and then my sister worked; she's worked in um, uh, like playground stuff with children with special educational needs, yeah. and so she's learnt a whole lot. And I'm just like, okay, cool. So it's like, people can live just, and have yeah. lives, you
0: know. I know so many autistic adults now who are like, I count as friends, and yeah, you know, yes, they see the world differently, and yeah. certain things are stressful for them or. You know, what we were saying earlier about filtering out noise, yeah. you know, or bright lights or things yeah. that we just take for granted. Yeah. But, but you know, so what? And then yeah, also, but so we don't, don't we all have those things, things that we're like, oh, I really can that. And that
2: makes just, it
1: really uncomfortable
0: for you, me. You or... get on really dodgy ground about assigning value to whose lives are more, yeah, you know, your worth exactly. is more, more, worth more than that. And God, if I had a child who was born with autism then rah, 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 yeah. you know, that would be the end of the world. Yeah. and it's like, no, you just have to cope differently, as you do with any child. With any any child can yeah. have any issue, any medical thing. God or not medical, just gets, emotional. Just,
1: yeah, just, just,
0: just anything. You yeah. don't know when they grow up they might end up with like some mental health issues, some, something. You don't know what is in the future for yeah. anyone. And anyone could get hit by a bus tomorrow yeah. and now your child's paraplegic. Yeah. You know. Completely. It's like, completely. So so, you know. But if you the earlier you can find out for me anyway, I I just tell people, yeah. yeah, just get the assessment because it's it can only add, it can only give you more tools to yeah. help
1: and to you know No, I have considered it again, um but that was my main I just was a bit like what well, what would be the path? And that's I don't really want to point. yeah I don't want them telling me that oh he needs to be in school actually. No, nah.
0: Yeah, don't want that's, that's the what, fear, isn't it? <laughs> it's always a fear that they're gonna tell you something. But at the end of the day we Know best for our children. Yeah. We birth them, and it is our responsibility yeah. um to educate them in yeah. whatever way. In fact, if anything, you, seeing the battle that I know so many parents with um, autistic kids in school to get them the support yeah. they need is awful. It's so yeah. hard to get them, you know, the yeah, the adequate support, and then you're begging and fighting with the school or the local authority the they need that it, takes they need out it. of you as a family <gasps> exhausting yeah whereas actually when they're at home and comfortable and they know where everything is yeah. and it's just yeah. you just do it that serves the child much better yeah. surely than you know anywho yeah but i just wanted to get that on the yeah. head no, no, no. <laughs> it's important conversations for other people yeah. to hear as well because and the other thing is it's like when um you know like when you're pregnant, and like. All of a sudden, you notice all the pregnant people around. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. You have an autistic child. You're like, wow, he's autistic. She's yeah. autistic. Everyone's autistic. I,
1: another friend of mine but told me that. Know. She's like, when I got... Because <laughs> she got a diagnosis as an adult. Yeah. And, um, and then she got her son diagnosed. And she was like, now I know what it actually is. Yeah. So many people that I know are actually or display the symptoms yeah. of it. They probably don't even know no. that that's what it is. But that's yeah. almost definitely what it is. And... Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. and I
1: yeah I think so that was that's the other reason that I'm like well it would just be good for him to know like to make your life make sense like one of my good
0: friends um is was diagnosed like at the age of 38 and she was like oh okay well now I understand what my whole life's been about why have I never fitted in why was I always made to feel like less than you know because and just yeah in, in retrospect you know and it's now she's like a proper um advocate and does all kinds of autistic rights stuff and it's made her whole life and it's Makes so sense. nice to see yeah, yeah it's so nice to see yeah. her. um and i think especially for women as well because women tend to like be able to mask a lot of things the classic in the way. Yeah. boy symptoms like all the communication things and stuff like we're socially engineered as girls as women to do that to be able to better. Do, yeah, yeah so yeah. yeah they don't present in the classic way that boys do often yeah um so yeah it's, it's a real thing now that a lot of women are being diagnosed as adults okay i so, didn't know that yeah 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 but yeah, look around, now that your your eyes are yeah. open to it, you'll see like it's everywhere and it's nothing to be afraid of. Well, that's you
1: know. of so I'm not afraid of it in him. Yeah. I'm afraid of, I guess, the uh, the, the context that... Um...
0: But isn't it better for him to grow up like with that as part of his identity? Yeah, no completely. Rather than, yeah, it's this other thing that's not me that, but I don't quite gel with everyone else, but I don't know why. And Yeah. You
1: no, know, it's yeah.
0: hard, it's hard.
1: So, but yeah. my thing has always just been, like, t- that accepting him just the way that he is and yeah. accepting the things that he finds difficult yeah. as valid should be enough. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, to be able to, yeah. well, that's just, that's how you feel and that's okay. Like, yeah. for whatever for whatever the reason is, it's all right for you to, but yeah. I think, and it can be difficult because sometimes you just be like, why are you playing up and just go to bed, please? Yeah, like, yeah, but, yeah. So knowing, I think, and so, Yeah giving You're it a little of bit of convincing extra nature.
0: patience. Like, you've got to be patient anyway as a parent yeah. a mum of three, but yeah. sometimes you need an
1: extra yeah. on top of that. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. No, it yeah. might be good. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. and and so hard in terms of, like, balancing your creative life with home editing, like, how much <laughs> time have you
2: had? Yeah, um, it, it's question. hard. It's, it's really so hard.
1: hard. It's really difficult. Um, we have better moments than others, mm-hmm. and... So we took the kids, we went to South Africa for three months, mm-hmm. um, which was amazing and amazing for them. Your parents and still there. So my dad's there, yeah. my mum's here. Okay. Um she was there at the time.
0: So yeah. we spent
1: a bit of time with her. Yeah. And um that you know, and there was a studio in the house that we were working in, and so we were just like get up in the morning, we'd have breakfast, nice. we'd do a bit of exercise, and then we'd do a bit of work and then they'd play and we'd go into the studio and we'd start writing a record and it was just mm. really, really like and then we came back you to and London. Josh together. Yeah. Yeah. Um and also Josh wasn't working the whole time we were there, really. Yeah.
0: Um
1: and then we came back to London. It was like, okay, Bill's like, okay, catch up.
0: Yeah. And,
1: get, and it's taken us, so we came back in March, it's taken us, <laughs> like, three months to just be like, okay. Get
0: back on it even, keel.
1: Yeah, get back on that and try and get a bit of balance. And I think I've also finally settled on a semi-structured system that I'm going to use for it. Because it's taken me a couple of years to kind of, and we had, you have to kind of regularly have that conversation, like, what, what do you want your kids to learn? Mm-hmm. And actually, when you start asking yourself that question, you realise how reductionist the state education system is. Yeah. Because when you wanna when you answer that question, so much of it is not about a subject or a particular element of that subject. Even you know, yeah. like, um,
0: or even that question. I mean, some would say, like, say from an unschooling perspective, yeah. some would say that's not even the question. The it's question, an, the question yeah. is, what do your kids want to learn? Yeah. yeah. Not what do you want them yeah. to learn? Because it's them, you know. Yeah. But there's this constant struggle and, you know, I'm kind of, or we are, not not me, we are kind of leaning more towards a self-directed education, but. There's always that tension yeah. of pulling you back. Yeah. But but wait, but what about yeah.
1: blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And what then what about like what about if they get older and they want to fit in with the status quo and fit in with with everything that you've what what do you do? Then they're gonna resent you and yeah. they're gonna do you know what I mean? And there are all of those questions. And I had friends ask me that. I had a friend say to me, But don't they need to be a little bit institutionalized? And I was like, What? <laughs> And I have to kind of just try to have some grace yeah, for her yeah. and just kind of step back from the question for a minute before I try yeah. to understand what she was actually asking. Yeah. But she was basically saying, like, you know, in life you do have to pay your bills and you do have to have a job and you do have to have some order in your life and doesn't but the do kind you? of status but quo Because, like,
0: when you were in South Africa, did, you, did it cross your mind, like, we could actually... Travel, like yeah, we, because exactly. we don't, because we're not tied go into school anymore We could just
1: go, and and Josh is a drummer, isn't he? Mm-hmm. So you can pretty much drum, drum anywhere, in no, but completely. We found we yeah. made so many contacts for work out there. And yeah, it was just easy to do, and it just it, it completely it was like, well, actually, no, not necessarily. And and if at any stage my children decide that that's what they want, they want to go. To college or to school and mm. do this and they want to work in nine to five i will 100 percent support them mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but i don't think that teaching them in an environment that is alternative to that is any less valid an experience than pushing mm-hmm. them into that experience that is nine to five and that is institutionalized and it is
0: and, and i feel like once they've had a a, a freer um, choice in the matter about whether they want to do that or not because if it totally comes from them and they want to go to school then cool that is self-directed but also they're the the career choices that then come out of that um I think yeah feel more um I don't know like say if you want to be a carpenter or you want to be a plumber then you know that you are in that thing because that suits your skills That's a 100% what you're into you love it it's not because um, this thing didn't work out, and that thing didn't work yeah. out, and you failed this exam, so you ended up in this job. Yeah. Just get any job, you know. Your mum's yeah. kicking you out. Yeah, Just yeah. get a job.
1: No, exactly. Whatever
0: you do, you come to it with a thing of, well, what can I bring? What yeah. what suits my skills? Yeah. And I'm going to be the best damn carpenter that there ever yeah. was, or the best engineer, yeah. or the best plumber. Completely. You know, goodness knows you, that's how to earn money nowadays, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. Than a
1: exactly. So um, yeah, and and it is hard. It is hard because you do always have that fear and that guilt, especially if you've kind of, you yourself, you've been through that process, you feel like it failed you, but actually sometimes what it feels like is you failed Mm. and that, like, you know, have that fear, like I don't want to raise my kids and then they end up just not doing anything with their lives and they just want to sit around and not do anything because I've not taught them to get up in the morning and Mm. be focused Mm. all of that kind of stuff. It's like, actually, I can still teach them some of that stuff. Those are life skills yeah, and I can... And I can like say, so my my son loves BMX. I'm like, well, if you really want to race, that's fine. You have to be disciplined. You've got training tomorrow. You have to get up. You have to be there on time, and you have to not be tired if yeah. you want to do well. Like, yep. So you need to work out what time you need what to up. What time you going to go to bed? I'm not going to you know? wake you up. It's going to be your responsibility because yeah, exactly, you it's what you want to do. Exactly. And that's teaching him discipline and that's transferable, you know. So, and if he doesn't wake up, you just carry the lesson. And that's forward, it. And like, boy,
0: well, you're late. I mean, we can go there still, but <laughs> yeah, exactly you're going to have to see what exactly. happens when you arrive there late. Exactly. And, you know, because um, it's not. And then you make your choices. That's right. It's and not think... your responsibility to get him there on time, all no. the time, you know. It is when they're little, but when they yeah. get to a certain age. No, exactly.
1: Like, and I'm starting to kind of learn yeah. how to kind of
0: hand over that hand responsibility over and that. let go and be like, yeah. Well,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> it's up to you. I'm raising you free yeah. because I want you to make those decisions. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's not it's not necessarily my problem. Yeah. We we're too quick, I think, as parents, especially mums, to just take on all the responsibility yeah. and be like, yeah. Oh, it's my And problem. I have to
1: remind myself all the time, it's really I think that's really difficult, you mm. know. Um you know like perfectionism and yeah all that kind of stuff it's just like trying to get a real scent and a grasp on how real those things really are mm. anyway you know no matter mm. what the context
0: the so one last thing i wanted to ask you about um i saw you emailed and you're thinking about starting a home ed group yeah. local to you so yeah, tell yeah. us a little bit more about that is that to just say you're not having to travel so much or? well
1: i've just noticed that there isn't one in in this kind of area and it yeah. and there's loads in southeast london and yeah. kind of further out in yeah. the kind of outskirts like Surrey and yeah. um, and I was kind of a bit like why is there not something more central I don't mm. um, and also just it is hard to get out and all of that you know it's kind yeah. of like an hour addition yeah. to whatever it is that you're going to do and trying to find that balance and um, so I just reached out to see how many people would actually be interested. I've had really good feedback.
0: Yeah, I've seen quite a few people replied. And also, yeah. like us, last year, we got rid of our car and you said you're about to yeah. get rid of your car. Yeah. So already, if you can like, have something on your doorstep, yeah. that's going to make it easier.
1: And also just, like, widening your circle of friends. But exactly. And... I think it was the, that was the other thing, was the community. It's like, actually, if we're going out, trying to encourage the kids to have more home-ed friends. Yeah but that's really hard to do if you're just meeting people once a week or even that, if you can make it that often, you know, like, and they're far away and having additional time for them to play and then just being able to hang out and just, you know, and actually feeling like you're really part of a community community that are sharing this alternative choice, you know, and kind of gives you a bit more confidence in your decision. In your decision. And and I think the kids as well, that they don't feel like there are other, when they, when they go around, there are other friends. Their friends are like, oh, what's five times five then? I like it. <laughs> <No, laughs> they yeah, get asked oh those God. questions. Like, why, what do you mean you're homeschooled? Is that, oh, they're God. like, well, look, we're not the only ones going through. They're not just some weird kids. My parents have made this weird decision and just pulled us mm. out. We're like, there's actually other people who mm. think like this and are different. And we're all unique from each other. And that's, you know, what we have in common. And yeah, but, um, being able to see that, I think, would be good.
0: How, how were your family when you made the decision?
1: It's difficult I not <laughs> you can see her <laughs> face <area>. now
0: <laughs> it's hard it's hard yeah it's, it's I think it's my
1: mum was really supportive so my mum is a teacher by uh kind of I guess by career but uh, along with a whole load of other things yeah and at first she was a bit like wow okay um but I think a lot of the time people they you know and with kids often people's mm. fears come first and mm. they're like the concern, are they going to be able to function well in society if they don't get what they need, clearly. Um, So, yeah, that was the, like, so how are you going to teach them science and you don't have any experience with that and how are you going to, and I was just like, I'm just going to have to figure it out. I'm just going to learn with them how to do that. And
0: that's something that really excites me about it, like relearning stuff that I've long forgotten or learning stuff that I've never known
1: that was not on the curriculum when I was at school,
0: you know. Yeah that's cool yeah
1: so my my mum was really supportive um and josh's mum was a bit like really like what does and i guess it also depends on what people's experience of education is Mm. and how confident or empowered they felt about being able to learn and be educated like and and the value of that in the society we live in i think people who are educated are often put on these like big pedestals Mm. and um it can make a lot of other people feel like their experience or their understanding of the world is not as valid, mm-hmm. and and that's something else that I actually really want to challenge in
0: yeah
1: in my kids' understanding of the world that they live in yeah know? so yeah. yeah um but yeah so most that, people are really them supportive to come around a bit yeah
0: um, are they kind of all on board now yeah, you yeah, still yeah. get a few questions like so how's
1: it going yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah how's it, so how's it going <laughs> <laughs> How's, you know how's, yeah
0: yeah yeah but sure. it's just hard to get out of that timeline mindset isn't it yeah like we're all in it well they should know this by this age that by that age you know and um even though we've broken through a bit, everyone else is still looking at your kids and yeah. measuring them up against. but i had a
1: friend at my mum's who she's a teacher and yeah. i might drop the kids off with my mum for a little bit and i was running late getting back and she had to go my mum had to make it somewhere and this neighbor that we've known for ages my mum was like oh you just watch them for a second until Mum gets back. And I came back, mm-hmm. and she had pen and paper out, and she was testing them on their number bonds you and whether no. And I was like, and then she said, to, "Oh, oh, I just thought I'd keep them busy while you, while you." <laughs> and then
2: then my mum called me up she's like
1: um Claire said that the kids that you know that by now they should know their number bonds and they should and I said and in Sweden by now they're not even reading yet so please Um, tell your friends firstly never do that again with my children I was like what what do you mean
0: here I am also a medical doctor (laughs) what are number bonds can someone please tell me what is that
1: that is basically number bonds so it's the relationship between two numbers normally they study them up to 20 so it's like one and nine will always make ten.
0: Oh, I Two see. and eight
1: will always make ten. That's the bond between okay. two and eight. So <laughs> well,
0: you can explain that in like five seconds. Yeah. So,
1: why <laughs> but does they should happen? know them. Why they they... <laughs> should know them, know them, know them. Like if you say what's five and seven, they should just off the top of their head be able oh. to tell you. That's really important in schools. It's like foundational. But why is stuff that really important
0: in life? <laughs> like in life, what do we do? We get out calculator or your, your fingers. They've
1: always worked. <laughs> like yeah. No, exactly. So I was just like, oh, my gosh, mum, please <laughs> keep your crazy friends away from my kids. God bless her and everything. Oh but, like... That's, yeah, yeah, that's a lot. But it is all of that. So what are they learning? So do mm. they know their times tables? Mm. Do they? And it's just like, don't, don't ask my kids questions. If you want to ask me questions, that's fine. But do not try and test my children, mm. like, in that way. It's just like...
0: Who chooses you know... the curriculum? There's so much other stuff to yeah. learn. Why do they have to only yeah. learn these few things? Yeah. Why not, you know, astronomy? Yeah. Or something, you
1: know. Yeah, no, completely. Completely.
0: More about the natural world. I feel like we're so um cut off from nature, especially yeah. in cities. So
1: that's something we started doing. So we've mm. got an allotment plot and mm. with, a, with another yeah, friend who's recently started homeschooling and oh. we're doing gardening and growing our own vegetables and, yeah. you know. Just Helping the kids to see, see that food time
0: comes from the ground. From somewhere. It grows slowly. Yeah. You can't just. Like, click yep. your fingers and there's your food. Yep. Go to the supermarket, buy it in a packet.
1: Yep. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Completely.
0: And are they enjoying that?
1: Yeah, they are. It's mm. taken a bit of time for them to kind of, like, pay attention to yeah. the, they're just like, being outside and running around. Yeah, and yeah. Making noise and digging. in,, yeah. 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 But, yeah, they love the insects and they... And it's nice. It's really nice.
0: I feel like yeah. it, it, like, away from the pressures of school, they can have, like, more of a childhood, like you touched on that earlier, like, that slight innocence that they have could be preserved a little bit longer. No one's going to laugh at them if they're really into something or they want to just look at snails or it's it's not cool or,
1: you know. Yeah. And and also, I think we, excuse me, we underestimate how much they're learning even then. Like, when things are just happening around them, even if they're not directly engaging in it, Mm -hmm. how much they pick up when they're not being told that the only way you can learn is like this
0: yeah and and in terms of like when because you've been saying that you and your husband have made this decision together like at first were you always both on board was no (laughs) so there was a little bit of to and fro it's hard isn't it it's really
1: hard so at first I was like I want to homeschool the kids he was like do you want to do that for like yeah like time and 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 then and then he came around to it and I think um after the parents evening he was just like this doesn't make sense something's not right about
2: this mm, mm.
1: but then he was like but what about time what about work what about the yeah. stuff we need to do
2: yeah
1: and then he was like and you're going to be doing it all you know that it? Yeah. and Yeah. I was just like <laughs> mm. uh, because okay. what's his
0: working hours
1: like when he is on a project like it just could be random random it's so random mm. he's gone so he goes away tomorrow morning he's away for the weekend pretty much he's home for three days and he's gone again for mm. like a week almost and and that can that hasn't been the case. So when we were in South Africa, he was, like, here fully. Mm. But also, um, and it's, it's quite difficult because he didn't have a great educational experience through school. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the way that he was approached just did not affirm who he is and what, he, you know, affirm him and his yeah. mind and all of those kind of things in yeah. ways that have been quite damaging yeah. for him and his idea of, like, being able to read and mm-hmm. just, like, just basic mm-hmm. stuff. And so I think there was a lot of, like... I don't have the skill to teach them. Yeah. And that was a really important conversation because yeah. we had to be like, no, actually, you do. There's loads yeah. of things yeah. that you are really, really, really good at and you yeah. know you're really good at them. Like, everybody yeah. knows you're good at them. It's important for your kids to be able to see yeah. and spend time doing that. So, did he
0: always drum through school as well? Or did that yeah, yeah,
1: always. So that was always his thing? Yeah. And he'd get told things like, "You're all you'll ever be is a stupid musician. Oh, wow. Like who tells a child that when a child's really good at something why would you say that
0: and then like, why and then also like if they aren't you know showing if they aren't Intelligent, say I'm yeah. doing air quotes um, yeah. in in specific um, areas. Like, why why force them to do yeah. stuff
1: that they're when not, they're really good that at something really else? good at
0: that. Just can't he just, just like just do that exactly, all day?
1: exactly? Because
0: that will earn him a living. Yeah, and he'll you know. especially
1: if he believes that it will. Yeah, especially if he knows that actually he can be really good at it and yeah. love it, and it can earn him a living. Yeah, then that just it just makes sense to encourage that. Like, yeah, um, okay. so. You know, there was that conversation, and we still have to have that conversation. to so be like, and even if you're not good at something, mm. actually, there's nothing wrong with your kids knowing that you're not good at it and learning alongside them. It's is quite like even it's quite really, even so
0: important for your yeah. kids to see you being like, "Oh, you know what? I don't, I don't know that." I don't know that's,
1: the answer to that question. And I think that
0: out together, yeah, yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. And I think that is a huge, that's a really important um, element and distinction of why homeschooling is so different from, you know state education or just kind of standard institutional education because having the humility to say, I don't know, but I can learn, mm-hmm. is not how that system's set up. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to know. Somebody has to be right. Yeah. And that's the only person that knows. Yeah. And it's this very linear f- form of transferring information. And yeah. actually... Even with all within all of this institutional education, there are so many things that those people don't know. Yeah. So they should not be given like just this carte blanche. Like yeah, they are the authority. Yeah. And that authority then becomes just um, it's not the authority about this that authority, and it becomes assumed that actually they just have the authority. Yeah, and They it's just like, know best. They just, know, just, best just know best put about everything. my own opinion to one side they yeah, must because yeah, because they know better. And again, I mean, even being as a as a doctor, I even find that in healthcare, and it's like actually I do know something about my body. I am yeah. allowed to ask you a question,
2: yeah,
1: not know the answer, but then also challenge your answer and that's okay. Like yeah. it's all right for me to do that in school, in healthcare, in yeah. politics. It's okay to yeah. because I'm a human being like yeah. you, that's the common denominator. I'm <laughs> just full stop. Like let's Yeah. Um and yes, you've gone and you studied for all these years and all of that, but sure there are sometimes other ways to think and maybe I need to just ask you a question get an answer Mm -hmm. and then take that information and challenge it within myself and if my underlying belief is that you have an authoritative viewpoint on that and I have to submit to that Mm. then I never give myself the room for that growth in whatever area that is yeah and
0: And also I think you have more time as as a patient um to to look it up and to explore and how quickly in every science arena is information moving and i went to medical school however many years ago yeah so much has changed so much is exactly you can get so quickly out of date that's why doctors need to be going on courses all the time they don't necessarily have time with all these new targets they have to meet and this and that so actually you know patients can be don't get me wrong there are crazy patients who come. Yeah, of with course, whatever, I'm sure. It's like a list printed. You need to get this, 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 this doctor. And if you don't, you're the worst <laughs> doctor ever and I'm going to complain. But... I'm uh, <laughs> not that bad. But there's something to be said for, you know, learning together with your, with your patients. Yeah. Or, oh, I don't know, and just, yeah. like you said, have the humility to be like, oh, do you know what? I don't know, I haven't read this in... Five years. But I know where all the good sources of information are. And so you maybe go check it out. I'll go yeah. check it out. And let me come yeah. back to you next week yeah. when I've gone and looked it up. And you can also have a look at it too yeah. if you want to. And there's the, to like, or whatever, you know, like, no. yeah. yeah. But you don't have time for that because you've got 10 minutes in the GP room. Exactly. <laughs> um, and this, you know, one of the reasons I left is that I just felt um, constantly, you know, you, you there's this race against the clock, you know, there's this now the shift from wellness towards illness and yeah. to just the pressure to just give a prescription yeah. just do this rather than you know sit and talk to the person who might just be lonely yeah and it's so easy when they come with a symptom to say oh right you've got pain okay he yeah been. it might be yeah. emotional pain it might be social pain but it yeah. takes time to unpick that and yeah. get through and in 10 minutes actually when it's little old lady who's taken five minutes to come in take her coat off yeah. sit down you want to give her that time yeah. and have a conversation with her. You know, I loved talking with little old ladies and old <laughs> men, but then you're looking at your watch and you're like, I've got twelve more people outside. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And then that's how the GPs end up just looking at the computer, at the computer, not looking yeah. at you, not giving you eye contact, yeah. because I know that like the next five people are going to shout at me because I'm late. Yeah. That does something to you as the doctor yeah. when you get attacked all day because you're not doing your job yeah. good enough. The government's telling you you're not doing you good enough. Yeah. You need to open on Saturdays. You need to and the government's telling
1: the patients that you're not doing your job exactly. good enough, so they're convinced that you're not. Doing that you're job not good, good. enough. And it's just this know. negative cycle. It's the same way that they
0: have undermined teachers as yeah. well because it used to be much more like a a a profession teaching and now it's like you know the government changes the goalposts every yeah five minutes and it's going like that for gp so i felt like constantly i'm having a big rant here but constantly (laughs) i was like not measuring up against my own expectations and i want to do the job like this but the environment and the resources are only allowing me to do it half every day and that that does something to you Every day to go Yeah, I can't imagine how
1: just... Yeah. And uh, you know what, to be honest, I think that that, again, (laughs) to sound sound slightly conspiracy theorist again, I think that's... I was working on a documentary about that, just a, a, a little bit about how people and their skills become a commodity and the value of that commodity gets lowered the more pressure there is to deliver that commodity Mm. do you know what I mean Mm. and how actually and that goes for everything goes for artists artists have been undermined because of that exact same thing there were expectations and those expectations aren't actually about the reason that the art is made in the first place so the same expectations that are being placed on you as a doctor Mm. it's not those expectations aren't about the reason that you wanted to be a doctor in the first place so the conflict just exists and then
0: yeah
1: then you have to choose this passion to to be something or to do yeah. something and to help and to make a difference between delivering what the expectations are demanding and that's
0: yeah. And now I work in, as I say, student mental health, and I get forty five minutes with a student, which is amazing. Amazing, <laughs> forty five minutes you can properly like go into what the yeah. issues are, talk to them. So many of them just feel better from just talking. Yeah for 45 minutes to someone who isn't in their family, isn't their friend and can just, you know, unburden themselves. Um, You can come back, you know. And again, student mental health is a new field. When I was at uni, it didn't exist. Like, it wasn't a thing. You had to go to your GP or suffer or do whatever. But um, so it's still fresh. And I think we still have a lot of room to kind of do that. And who knows, maybe in 30, 40 years, those same pressures might, you know, start coming on that. But, you know, obviously you have financial constraints. Everyone does. But I just feel like, I'm much better able to to deliver, yeah. Um, and to do myself justice. And, and in
1: then, the end that's important to people, yeah. isn't it? In the end, it's yeah. important to feel like that sense of actually I was gonna say kind of achieving, but that's not that's not the right word. Mm. It's the sense of value mm. really, isn't it? Like, I've really I've helped contributed some people today. something. I know that of like, value. Five
0: people's lives are
1: better because they've spoken yeah. to
0: me. You yeah. Know? Yeah.
1: and that's the same for anything that's the same for writing a song or or for teaching a child or yeah do you know what i mean like and and if that sense of value in us as human beings is being undermined for the sake often of money yeah i don't know yeah well i do know that's a problem (laughs) it's a problem
2: yeah
0: Um, i feel like i could just keep talking to you for time this has been (laughs) amazing amazing conversation really thank you for, for yeah yeah and it's yeah, so nice so and you know people like me who are just starting out just look to people like you to blaze the trail so thank uh, I you I really feel like I'm that.
1: starting out I'm so starting no, out like
0: years is good literally I mean like being said it's always been our plan to Home Ed so you know apart from that little Steiner <laughs> blip yeah. <laughs> but, um, but he's still only four and, and almost two yeah my daughter so um, oh wow yeah, we're we're looking to people like you. Um, thank you so much for no, your time. Absolute pleasure, you me in your home pleasure. and uh, yeah, we'll keep be in. in touch. No, definitely. Cool. <laughs> Didn't I tell you that was gonna be a good conversation? Yes. Um Wow, well, I mean, yeah, so much, so much to take away from that. What else did I want to tell you? Uh, But yes, how can you get in touch with me? Um, As per usual, you can find me on my website, which is www.multiformity.life. And on social media, I am at MultiformityHE on Twitter and Instagram. And on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash MultiformityHE. That's for home adventures. You can shoot me an email at multiformity.life. At gmail.com. As I said earlier, I'm going to put all of umpos details um, and uh, and my own as well in the show notes. Umpaw is currently working on a mixtape of unreleased material, working on a new album and a documentary project called Given. And she's working on a joint project with her drummer and DJ husband, Josh, a.k.a. McNasty. I want to give a big shout out to my lovely, gorgeous and very talented husband, Saleheen he is a music producer it's one of his hats so uh he produced and arranged my intro and outro music and the previous uh interludes before today's um so yeah just please check out his soundcloud he's amazing he does all my kind of post-production audio fixing magic that i don't really understand but he just makes it sound good so um yeah just uh, go check out his stuff too so usually this would be the end of the show but uh, Mpa is going to sing us out today and this is when she was 18 years old. Uh, the story is that she this was her first, first ever live performance um, on stage at uh, an open mic night which my husband used to go to as well called Apricot Jam. Um, so yeah, some of you may have even there yourself back in the day. Uh, So yeah, this was Mpo getting up the week after her grandma passed away, sadly Um, And this was a song in tribute to her grandmother So just, yeah, sit back, really, really take this in And, you know, just it's so lovely to hear Mpo at the tender age of 18 um, singing for her grandma So without further ado, here she is
1: Thank you Uh, thank you. <laughs> All right. Now, nah, right. I know you lot ain't expecting this, but I'm going to get a little bit sentimental, right? Because my grandmother passed away last week, and um, I couldn't make it to the funeral. And my mum's here as well, and this is the first time she's heard me sing in a long time. So, I'm going to do a little sound, sound short, something very short, but don't worry, if you got a heart, you'll feel it, you know what I mean, that's all I can say.